They say the two certainties in life are death and taxes. While the imposition of tax is certain, the tax rate, the type of tax is not. As I record this, the 2021 tax package that will no doubt become law by the end of the year is starting to come into focus. We will have a episode about that, probably more than one. But for today, we will describe taxation and how you can reduce the overall tax liability of your investment through tax lot harvesting, also known as tax efficient investing. Time is limited. Let's get started. Welcome, Boomexers. Let's throw out the old playbook. It's time to tear down the traditional way of looking at your life and money. And leverage the laws of money to our advantage. That's right. There are laws of money. And those who learn and leverage the laws of money win. And sometimes win big. Stay tuned as asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle, educator and leader of the Boomex Nation, shows us how. Beginners, investors, entrepreneurs, fellow attorneys, are you ready? Are you ready? Let's arm this ball. Now, here's the BoomX Show. The Laws of Money. Welcome to the BoomX Show, special edition on taxation, tax-efficient investing, tax lot harvesting, how to offset gains with loss to reduce the tax liability, overall tax liability of your investment portfolio. This is an important topic because as it becomes more difficult to find returns, efficient and disciplined tax lot harvesting can give you a guaranteed rate of return as compared to inefficient tax investing. We have a special guest today to teach us about tax lot harvesting, who is also the sponsor of this show. My friend, a trusted professional, a financial advisor whom I respect, Shane Kloniker. Shane's sponsorship of the BoomX show makes it more comfortable to publish episodes, but that aside, I believe in his work. Let me describe that in more detail with this shout out to our sponsor. We are experiencing the longest bull market in history. Is it over or is it just beginning? Do you feel like you are missing out because you don't know or even care to dive into the details of the financial markets? If so, wouldn't it be helpful to find a trusted advisor to guide you and help you build true family wealth? Finding a financial advisor is difficult. That is why so few have help managing their wealth. If you are a BoomX listener, you know I am skeptical about the financial services industry. That's why I'm excited to direct your attention to Shane Kloniger. Shane is the only advisor I currently refer clients to. Shane has decades of experience in help his clients build, grow, and protect their family's wealth. He's highly skilled and understands tax harvesting, a necessary skill in these tax-obsessed times. More importantly, Shane does not say no to people who are not rich enough, and he does not charge excessive fees, common, so common, in the financial world. 
Shane is the founding and managing partner of SC Financial Group. I have allowed Shane to sponsor the Boom X Show because I believe in him and his services. As part of his sponsorship, he has offered a free financial plan to Boom Xers. Astounding, I know. Click the link below, fill out a simple form, and Shane will send you a free plan that maps out your retirement cash flow. This will help you understand your money and give you a clear path towards a secure retirement and family wealth that will last generations. Click the link below and receive your free BoomX Retirement Plan from Shane Kloniger now. Welcome back. Tax is hard to understand. It's even harder to avoid unnecessary taxation in some cases. We will focus today on capital gains tax. Capital gains tax is a type of income tax. It's found in the income tax part of the tax code, and it is reported on your 1040. But essentially, there are short-term uh, capital gains tax and long-term capital gains tax. Join me as I interview Shane Kloniger about capital gains tax inside of your investment portfolio. Just so, um, let's back up a little bit. Um, we have people attending who have lots of different experience. I can tell you that a lot of my clients are just, they're just not even aware of how capital gains tax works. Yeah. So sometimes we have to slow down and get out of the professional sure. conversation and sure, sure. back up. Um, so on cap- a capital gains is um, there's a, um, a different rate if the asset is held what's called short-term as compared to long-term. And um, hopefully the rule will remain that it, like if you sell, think about we're going to charge or um, impose a tax on a gain um, of an asset that we've held for 10 years. Well, what if we sell two assets? One asset has a gain and the other asset has a loss. Like, do I get any break for losing money, Mr. IRS? Well, the rule is yes, you do. I mean, like at at the end of the tax year, what is your net gain, (laughs) right? And tax efficient investing, which is your subject for for today, I'm I'm just, you know, setting the landscape here is about one, one of the techniques as I understand it is making sure and keeping track of these tax lots so that we can offset gain and loss because we are now at a point where you know if tax freedom day is sometime in may we're spending five months working just to pay the tax man man we we have to start chasing tax lots like anything that we can do to um uh, reduce like it's all about avoiding lawfully tax liability not tax evasion that's a felony (laughs) right but tax avoidance is completely exactly right um yeah so what, what I think I'll do, I'm going to um, turn off my video and I'm going to turn off my mic uh, and I'm just going to listen to you because what, what I'd like you to do is kind of just describe what the financial services industry can offer Sure. Um, as compared to what the law can offer. Right, right. Well, I think that basically the... Um, you know, I think that basically the financial services area really follows uh, short-term and kind of longer-term um, trends, if you will. So what's happening is, is if you want to go buy a mutual fund, is it in an IRA? Is it not in an IRA? 
if it's in an IRA, then you can make adjustments and move as you see fit inside of the IRA, meaning that I could sell my small cap fund and I could go into a mid cap fund. And by the way, I know from personal experience that that can be a, a big mistake if you don't understand what the taxability is before you actually make a transaction. Um, uh, my dad, actually, I got him in many years ago into a small cap fund that had done quite well. And he saw on the news that it, you should now be in a mid cap fund. And he decided to go ahead and make the trade. It was not in an IRA uh, to go ahead and make the trade and then call me and tell me the great news that he had actually uh, done something on his own. And he was very proud of the fact uh, because a couple of weeks had gone by and mid caps had done better. But what he forgot about was the taxability of his decision by holding a small cap fund for 15 years, even though it's in the exact same family. And moving it over to a mid-cap fund was a now fully taxable event. Now, what happens with the, um, you know, what happens in that environment is that you didn't do the planning ahead of time. You didn't know what the strategy was. You didn't know what the game plan was. Uh, you need to understand on a very long-term basis and a short-term basis what is your strategy if some if the market's going up sideways or down? Now, everybody always says, I wish I could see what the future is. Uh, I can get it down to three for you, which is it's either going to go up sideways or down. So having a pathway through all of that, including I think COVID was a great experience uh, where we were, uh, you know, really for the most part, I think, trying to make adjustments on, is this a long-term impact or is this a short-term impact? And anybody that went into equities heavy into March of last year probably did quite well. Now the question is, after you see this first quarter coming this year, you see the market going down uh, with technology, values going, large values going up and technology and growth is, is being pressured because it made so much money last year. So the question now is, did you paint yourself into a corner and for tax reasons, you didn't want to reduce risk? Or, you know, what is your game plan there? So understanding what the, that's why we do a full financial plan, is understanding all of the combinations that are there for the family on a taxation as well as a growth basis against inflation. That's why we look at the whole picture. And once again, we offer that complimentary at the firm. We don't understand why, why all of our clients, and not just our wealthy clients, it's all of our clients deserve to have that. So that's where we start. And then we move into the investment realm and everything else from there. So because of that, it's important to understand how do you have your accounts titled? How do you, where are you placing your money? Is it in your 401k? Are you going into your 401k just because you get the match? Or are you going in your 401k because you like, you, you like the amount of your reportable income reduced every year, which reduces taxes? Both are great. Um, at some point in time, though, after the 2019 tax legislation that's gone through, which reduces, by the way, uh, the amount of time that your kids get an inherited IRA on how much time they can actually keep it. So, um, you know, understanding the strategy and what you're trying to accomplish is always the primary. Picking the, you know, choosing the investments uh, for anybody who is at 20 years experience, 30 years of experience, is probably fairly is the easy part, believe it or not. It's the design work, it's understanding the client well enough to understand what the behavior of the spending patterns are, et cetera. Because ultimately what we're trying to do 
is just keep the um, just keep the the efficiency there. Whatever you're spending is what we want to create for income. Anything in excess of that is just going to be taxed unnecessarily. And that's not something that we want. So going back to the 2019 Secure Act and trying to keep that efficiency going through, what they did was the, the, the bulk of that legislation was that if you have an IRA, say you have a traditional IRA and you pass away and you don't have a spouse, let's say, or your spouse uh, predeceases you and that money goes on to the kids, you only have 10 years before they have to take all of that money out of the account. So you might have spent 30 years building it, 30 years in retirement, or say 20 years in retirement, and now you want to pass those assets along. 50 years of all of that gain is now taxed within a 10-year period for the kids. So how are you going to go ahead and, and handle that? Um, well, we have to back it up now. So if they start changing the tax code, to making it more difficult for investors, you have to figure out originally, where are you placing your bets? Are you gonna put more money in your 401k and your traditional IRA when that's the money that they're going after? You're kind of, kind of getting caught up in the wave, if you will, for the demographics, as I mentioned before, for uh, the baby boomers is, well, if that's where all the money is, that's probably where the tax approach is gonna go. Um, and so you have to try and figure out ways where you have more flexibility. One of the areas that I think is going to be, and, and Daryl had mentioned, um, you know, what's going on in the financial services industry. One of the new areas that is really starting to uh, uh, being focused on, I would say, illuminated a little bit, is on the annuity side. Uh, the reason why is is that a lot of people don't realize you don't. There's you know, there's a lot of different annuities. You don't have to buy an annuity that has a surrender charge on it for seven or ten years. You don't have to buy an annuity that has high fees. Now, the reason why those are the most obvious and, and, and tend to be popular is because non-fiduciary advisors, that's what they sell. Um, on the fiduciary side, it doesn't matter to me. I'm compensated the same, whether it's an annuity or whether it's a mutual fund, stock, bond, real estate, it's all the same. So I'm looking at it from the standpoint of what does this do for my client? Is this in my client's best interest? Uh, well, if we've got a tax problem and I'm looking at your financial plan and I'm looking at the required minimum distributions, those basically are the money. That's the money that has to come out when you're 72 from your 401ks and your traditional IRAs. It doesn't have to come out of your Roths. Uh, they're not what's called RMD applicable unless, by the way, quick tip for you, if you leave your Roth money in your 401k, it has to be part of the calculation for your required minimum distribution. So, um, you know, that, that's, a, that's a big part of it. But if, you, if you're looking at, uh, you know, going forward uh, with all of that and, and you're moving forward with the plan and trying to figure out what's my, my best taxability as well as what is my R&D for the future? Am I gonna increase all this cash flow that I don't even want and now I'm gonna get taxed really heavily? Well, at some point, and I always say this, take the 401k always up to the match. There is no other combination that beats that. Always take the 401k up to the match. Then after that, though, you have to start looking at it on how does it impact you. Get educated on it. Don't always believe what you read. Uh, you know, hopefully you can believe us that we're somewhat competent here today. But, uh, but don't always just go off of the first thing you read. What I've experienced over my uh, 
uh, you know, over my career is, you know, when I was in finance school, I would read the Wall Street Journal re religiously because I, I had no experience. I didn't, you know, I was about to go get my first job. I had no, I was trying to be educated around what was going on. And, and I thought that's what everybody else was reading. Um, a lot of people do read the Wall Street Journal. But what I realized is there were a lot of um, different stories, et cetera, over the years that I looked at it and I just didn't agree with. I, I didn't think it was accurate. So you want to be careful on where you're sourcing your information because you might think you're educating yourself at a much higher level. And what happens is, is you're probably creating a, a situation where you're getting, if you're getting bad information, then uh, you're going to preset that in your mind as fact and truth when it's not. And so, uh, you know, uh, get educated on that. Understand how it works. Annuities are a perfect example. Uh, annuities get more bad press than any other investment that I've ever seen. However, they should get bad press if they're used incorrectly, just like a, uh, you know, a technology fund at 100% of a client's wealth at age 90 isn't the appropriate investment either. Um, so, but understanding how you're using it, use the tax code. Daryl had mentioned the 1031 exchange tax code for real estate. Uh, and actually there's something else called the 1035 tax code exchange for insurance products, meaning that you can be in one if you don't like it and you have some gains, you can move it to another and there's no taxability. So hey, I, I said 1035 when I meant 1031. I know you did. I, I always get the two confused. Every time I say it, I'm like, okay, I'm going to get it wrong. But a 1035 is just like a 1031 but for insurance. Just as important. Um, once again, I don't, I'm not concerned about what it's called. I'm concerned about what it does for my client. And if I find a, that, you know, and I'm looking at them very closely uh, and I'm doing my due diligence because you have to do that as an advisor uh, before I provide anything for a client is that I want to make sure I understand all the ins and outs of it. But what's happening these days is if you think about this for a second, think about your mortgage. So um, if your mortgage is a half a million dollars and you're paying 3%, let's say on your mortgage, and you have another mortgage, let's say at a million, and you're paying 3%. Well, you're gonna pay more on the million dollar mortgage. Well, let's suppose that you could just pay a flat fee. Suppose, you're, suppose it was a flat fee for the expense, the actual expense of the mortgage. What if it was just a flat fee of $250 a year? And your mortgage costs the exact same amount for the half a million or the million dollar mortgage. What does that make sense? It doesn't make sense in the financial world. However, with the fiduciary annuities, you can get them on a flat fee basis to where I can get them for a few hundred dollars a year for a client and there's no transaction charges. Um, if you hire me, then obviously I'm gonna include my fee, whether it's an annuity or whether it's a mutual fund for my management. But just for the expense itself, for the insurance expense, is a flat fee. I think that's where the world's going. Um, and so, if you can have a, if you have a couple million dollars in a brokerage account, let's say, or a half a million in a brokerage account, and you're getting taxed those 1099s every single year, and you move that to a uh, an annuity that's a flat fee base, all of those gains are deferred until you decide to take them out. So if I had a traditional IRA for uh, half a million and I had a non-qualified annuity for a half a million dollars, between the two, I'm getting taxed on the uh, uh, on the one account and not the other 
I'm going to keep deferring that. I'm sorry, they're not, both are tax deferred. Uh, and I'm getting the tax deferral on both. But on the traditional IRA, I have to take the money out at 72. I don't have a choice, even if I don't need it. Even if Shane Kloniger does my financial plan and says, you don't need the cash, I can't turn off the lever. On the non-qualified annuity, I can. I can make it zero, zero distribution for the year. So when you build all of that, um, you know, all of those taxations year after year after year, kind of, Daryl, what you were saying about, say, Washington State with fuel taxes versus not having a state income tax, but yet you still have the highest tax, higher tax base. It's the same thing with portfolio management. So if you can figure out ways to keep a low expense on what you're spending for the investments, hire folks like us, keep, keep it on a fee basis, on a non-commission basis, build it all together, put it in your financial plan. Now you have control of the lever. It's not the other way. So they can they can jack the uh, the tax rates to 50% if they want. Until you take the money out, you're not taxed. I personally think that getting the control back to the client on when they create the transaction is the way to avoid all this complexity of, we don't know what's going to happen in October. It might be 60%. Um, but but so that's that's part of it, Daryl, what I think is, is a big part of it is, is understanding your side of it understanding our side of it from a financial advisor. But then when you do all the design work, now lowering it down to the fact where you can say, I have the control again. I put the control back in my family's uh, position even after I pass away. If you are in or near retirement, you may have concerns that one of the many threats to wealth in America today in particular, high unreimbursed medical costs, unnecessary taxation, or even family mismanagement could threaten your retirement nest egg. The good news is that the law does have solutions. Federal law and centuries-old trust law offers many safe harbors and, when implemented correctly, can protect your savings against Medicaid liens, state and federal tax agencies, and even private creditors. But why do so many retires then suffer asset erosion or even complete depletion, having failed to meet the law's requirements? The simple but sad truth is that most are unaware of these asset protection laws, or believe that only the super wealthy can pay less in taxes, or think that they must hire an expensive attorney, some who charge tens of thousands of dollars to put it all together. Unfortunately, we live in a world now where middle-class Americans simply do not have enough wealth to lose any of it. It's more important than ever for most to have an asset protection trust and plan, even if they are not super wealthy. Now, for the first time, families have help. Families can protect their assets if they learn a few basic concepts, have the correct legal documents, and implement these asset protection plans correctly. To do this, begin by enrolling in the BoomX Academy. The BoomX Academy is at, you guessed it, BoomXAcademy.com. That's BoomXAcademy.com. BoomX Academy offers free and tuition-based courses on topics related to retirement, estate, and asset protection planning. Sign up today for the Family Leaders membership level, and you will also join an online community of other learners. You may attend weekly live office hours with me, 
Daryl Tuttle, host of The Boom X Show and an in-the-trenches asset protection attorney. Best of all, you'll have access to the Boom X drafting app so that you can easily draft all of the legal documents you need without hiring an expensive lawyer. To repeat, you will walk away with a full set of properly drafted legal documents, documents that you understand. You can join today as a free member and you will be enrolled in the Boom X Show companion course automatically. You can also test drive the $40 per month family leaders level at the astounding rate of just $1 for the first 30 days. During this first month, you will be able to draft a limited power of attorney to preserve the right to transfer your nest egg to an irrevocable trust, a proven strategy I've helped clients implement countless times. This is also an $1,800 value. You will be enrolled at no further cost into the nest egg course, which will introduce you to the concepts of asset protection and how to implement this legal document and begin your asset protection plan. To learn more, go to boomxacademy.com. That's boomxacademy.com. Like if step up and basis goes away, which it looks like it might. Yeah. It used to be like annuities were okay, but you, you, you can't get a step up in basis on an annuity right. where you can with a mutual fund. And so right. uh, the tax, there's, there's, there's a way around that too. But, but, no but what, what I was going to say is now, if it like, yeah. if step up in basis goes away, oh, annuities even look that much more attractive because it's no a true tax deferral. Yeah. No and, that, and that's one way to stick it to yeah. um, the government because that is just a lawful, um, mature, well-reasoned financial decision that they have no discretion over. Yeah, you're exactly right. It's just design work. Well, you know, the other thing that a lot of people don't realize is on these annuities is they're not all built the same, right? Yeah. There's annuities I wouldn't touch with a 10-foot pole after I look at them. Um, then there's other ones that I've done my due diligence on that I think are, are, are doable for a client under the right circumstances. But there, there are these little, you know, and I'm in Washington State. So um, Washington State is very slow to approve new uh, new upgrades to annuities. Okay, they're very very slow. They'll you know the rest of the country might have a, a certain benefit for three years before Washington State will approve it, um, and sometimes they never do. And it's just it's just that's what Washington State does. Um, so there are a lot of older benefits and older riders available on annuities here in Washington State that are not that are that are old old riders. So you can find um, you can find riders. I'll give you an example uh, where what they do is for 0.2 percent. So think about this on an expense basis of your overall portfolio. For 0.2 percent, what they'll do is on a variable annuity is if you put a million dollars in and it grows to two million dollars, they'll give you 40 percent of all the gains. They'll tack on top of the two million. Wow. So if you think about your tax bill at the end for your family and you get an extra 40%, that goes a long ways to covering the tax bill. So you don't have to wait the 10 years to cash it out. You can just cash it out if you want, or you can defer it. And see, that's the thing that I really like, Daryl, is, is most, most of the clients that I've dealt with over the years, nobody cashes out all their IRAs in one day. Nobody cashes out all their savings or their inheritance. It's, it's the bridge. You gotta figure out that bridge, the most efficient bridge possible. Right. Um, so we, we talked about tax deferral. We talked about, um, 
harvesting tax lots. You want to talk more about that? I mean, how, how do you use a separately well, managed account platform? You, you kind of touched on that. Um, the, the best way to handle that, you had talked about, you, your example, Daryl, was the 10 years, right? You had 10 years of growth and then uh, you sold it for a cap gain. With the capital gain side, what happens is if you don't offset your, in, your losses and your gains in the same year, the IRS only lets you, um, let's say you take losses in the next year. You have huge gains in one year and the next year you have a huge loss. That, that loss, they only let you take $3,000 a year as an offset all those years after. Right. But the gain, they want it all in the same year. I know. It's funny how that works, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, you know, you're, you're, it's stacked. The house wins. You know, yeah, there's, no, right. there's no way around that one. However, if you can offset those within the same tax year, then you have the, it's a benefit, usually. Um, right. If you have short and long-term gains, like you were talking about, with the new tax proposals, if they go through in, in uh, October, I don't, I don't think anyone's going to care about long or short term anymore. I think they're going to offset them in the same exact tax year every single right. time. Yeah. And, and I think that's what will end up happening. Yeah. Because they're ma making so much more tax. So I mean, like, you know, they are. Why? Yeah. 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 Why it's not? Just yeah. The other one thing flat that, high tax rate. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, good. Make it simple no, for the right. taxpayer by charging them more. Yeah, no, you're right. It's they're, they're trying to kind of push it all and massage it all together. So it's yeah. harder to break out and, and design out the, the risk. Yeah. Um, you know, one other quick tip that if I could give everybody is that, you know, a lot of times when you think about required minimum distributions, the money that has to come out at age 72 out of your qualified plans, right. it's required. It's a 50% penalty if you don't take enough out, uh, which is a huge, the largest penalty that the IRS has. So you want to get that one right. But what a lot of people will do is they'll wait until the very year, they'll wait until the end of the year to do that. Um, well, we don't, the market, it's a shortened period. So there's more risk that you won't be able to pick a good time to sell it. So what oh. you really want to do is start January one, start looking for the time. If you don't need the RMD money, if you, unless you're taking it monthly, of course. Um, but if you're not taking it monthly, look for the right time to sell it. Uh, there's nothing worse than if March rolled around like last year and you hadn't taken your RMD yet and you're thinking, Oh, I'm going to get crushed on this. Cause I mainly have stock. Uh, right. so you can take it earlier. The same thing, though, with the tax harvesting. You want to do some of the sector tax harvesting early. Start your process earlier in the year. Don't wait until the last two months because that's when everybody else is selling. Okay, right. That's why December is such a rough month. Don't do that to yourself. Give yourself more time to really blend it into how you're spending the money. Right. Good tip. Okay, we've been going now for 50 minutes. That's about all my brain can handle uh, normally. Yeah, I, I, I apologize to everybody. You can see how passionate I am about this. I just know <laughs> how much control I have from this seat if, um, you know, if we can design in certain aspects. So, uh, yeah, but I'm happy. Thanks for having me on, Daryl. I, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boom X Show Laws of Money podcast, where asset protection attorney Daryl Tuttle breaks down the complicated rules of estate, retirement, and even long-term care planning. You can listen to past episodes of the Boom X Show by going to boomxshow.com or subscribing right from your smartphone's podcast player. To take a deeper dive, join as a free member 
in the BoomX Academy and you'll be automatically enrolled in the show's companion courses where you can find enhanced content and many of the show's important episodes. Enroll now by visiting BoomXAcademy.com. That's BoomXAcademy.com.